Hello, welcome to another story about the Peters family. This week's story is People Pleasing Penelope. As always, we've included a line from a hymn or a hymn title within the story. If you recognize it, send your answer to whimsywins at gmail.com. If yours is the first correct answer we receive, we will send you a prize. The winners this week were from two different families since their answers came in almost simultaneously. The winning answer was More Love to Thee from the story Penelope and Pearson Pray Through It. Magnolia was our winner from Concord, California, and siblings Avia, Liam, Anders, and Zeke from Sanger, Texas were the other winners. Way to go! We often have multiple emails with the winning answer, and we love hearing from all of you. But if you've won recently, there's a chance we'll choose someone else who hasn't won in a while. And we have lots of listeners who've never sent in an answer. What are you waiting for? Don't be shy. It's a lot of fun, and you'll win a pretty good prize, too. Now, one more thing before we get to the story. As we've mentioned frequently, many of our stories are based on real-life stories. For example... The story The Lady Peters from last October was based on the author's true life experience of losing their family's purebred chocolate lab. If you listened to the Peters and Gender a couple of weeks ago, you may have heard that the Peters' dog's name is Bama. Well, I made the mistake. Instead of referring to the Peters' dog as Girly, I used the author's real life dog's name of Bama. Talk about art imitating life! Anyway, please forgive my faux pas. Now, without further ado, here's this week's story, People Pleasing Penelope. The Peters had just arrived at Sutter Cabin as the sun was setting on the horizon. The sky appeared as though it had been spray-painted with vibrant hues of oranges and pinks at the ridgeline. It was a perfect spring night. It called to mind Psalm 19.1, The heavens are telling of the glory of God, and their expanse is declaring the work of His hands. Though the sky was breathtakingly beautiful, at the moment, for the Peters family, the main show was the white van parked on the left side of the driveway, signaling the presence of the Wells family. Pearson and Penelope couldn't contain their excitement. Yes! They're here! I can't wait to see Finn! Pearson said to no one in particular. Me too, Pearson! I can't wait to see everyone! This is... It's the best! Guys, I love your excitement. But remember, we need help unloading and unpacking before we get lost in games with the wells. Daddy Peters reminded them gently, bringing them back down to earth. The words had scarcely gotten out of Daddy Peters' mouth when the front door of the cabin was flung open and the Wells family, all seven of them, came rushing out, ready to greet some of their best friends. Hello! shouted Mr. Wells above the clamor as Daddy Peters exited the van. The two embraced in a handshake hug while Mama Peters and Mrs. Wells hugged tightly as good friends do. Pearson and Finn shook hands and slapped each other on the back, while Penelope visited excitedly with Janny, Sarah, Pearl, and Chloe, the Wells' four daughters. Patience and Priscilla, the Peters' twin toddler sisters, were toddling around, with some reticent, unsure who all of the folks around them were, in spite of the explanations over the past week about who the family was going to see. The Wells had moved when the twins were just babies, so they didn't really have a recollection of them. After unloading the cooler, blankets, towels, bags, and sleeping bags, the Peters family made their presence known by unpacking in various rooms to which they had been assigned. Pearson was to sleep on the bunk in Finn's room, and Penelope with Finn's four sisters. 
The twins would sleep with Daddy and Mama Peters in their assigned room. How was the trip? Finn queried Pearson as he unpacked his bags. Not too bad, except for the flat tire, which thankfully we were able to get fixed pretty quickly. Well, that's great. When your dad called and told us you'd be late, we were pretty disappointed. But dad told us we needed to be patient. So we prayed about it, and you got here sooner than we expected. While we were waiting for you guys, we played a game of charades, and you should have seen Janny. I was cracking up. Supposedly, she was acting out cat on a hot tin roof. We were making guesses like cat got a sunburn and cat can't get down off the roof because we could not understand what she was trying to say. Finn was laughing so hard he could hardly keep his composure. Oh, Finn, that's hilarious. I wish we'd been here to play. Maybe we can play charades later, you think? Oh, for sure, Pierce. We can play after dessert. Mom's making hot fudge brownie sundaes for everyone. You hungry? Are you kidding? Finn, oh boy, you know me better than that. I have never not been hungry for hot fudge brownie sundaes. Pearson was licking his chops. It wasn't long before Penelope and Finn's sisters walked in. You all unpacked, Pierce? Penelope asked sweetly. I sure am. Guess what Finn just told me. He said his mom is making hot fudge brownie sundaes for everyone. Yummy! Penelope responded melodramatically. Well, what are we all waiting for? Let's go downstairs and get some sundaes, Finn suggested enthusiastically. All seven of them raced downstairs to be greeted by bowls of heaping chocolate sundaes all lined up on the dining table. Hey guys, you're going to need your energy for the game of charades. It'll be adults versus kids, Mrs. Wells announced to the group. Shouts of yippee and hooray! indicated that they all wanted to play charades as they grabbed the bowls of ice cream and dug their spoons into the yummy goodness. Hey, Penelope, can you sit by me? Pearl asked. Penelope nodded. I don't see why not, Pearl. Penelope, could you sit in the middle so I can sit on the other side of you? Chloe piped up. I think that'll work. I have two sides, after all. Penelope answered playfully. Well, what about me? Can you sit by me? Sarah wanted to know. Well, Sarah, I only have two sides, but how about we take turns? I I mean, like, maybe after a few rounds of charade, I sit by you. But Janny, the oldest of the sisters, didn't want to be left out either. I want to turn, too. Oh, boy. Well, how about we can switch with you, too? Penelope suggested. She was feeling slightly frazzled by all of the seating plans. But true to her word, she accommodated everyone by sitting next to them. After dessert was finished and things were cleaned up, our rousing game of charades began. Daddy and Mama Peters were proving to have a sixth sense and were an asset to the adult team. Every single one of their guesses were correct. They couldn't seem to get anything wrong. And conversely, the kids couldn't seem to get into the groove. The older kids weren't being very patient with their answers. Instead of getting a consensus about their guesses, they just threw out any answer that came to mind. It was proving to be quite a challenge. But then came a breakthrough for the kids. Mr. and Mrs. Wells messed up describing pie with a cherry on top. So the kids were given a chance to guess. They guessed correctly and managed to get a few wins in a row, narrowing the gap in the score. Finally, as Pearson described dog sitter, Penelope shouted out the answer and the kids team went bananas. They cheered wildly and did a victory dance. The cheering came to a sudden halt when Mrs. Wells asked, Mama Peters, who did Patience and Priscilla's hair? She pointed to the twins' intricate French braids. 
Oh, Pen did. Nellie does the hair all the time. Doesn't she do a good job? Mama Peters exclaimed. Wow, Penelope, that is so good. Mrs. Wells admired their hair along with the other Wells' girls who immediately began asking if Penelope could do their hair in the same styles. Penelope eagerly agreed. She loved doing people's hair, and she loved Finn's sisters. And so she sat down and began braiding hair as everyone else turned on an old western. Penelope really wanted to watch the western with everyone else. She never missed an opportunity to see a technicolored cowboy in a gunfight with some highway robbers. But it was not to be. Each one of the Wells girls took their turn, one after the other, and requested a hairstyle that was more intricate than the last one. And Penelope, desiring to please always, was feeling somewhat overwhelmed. Her fingers were tired from the weaving she had spent the better part of an hour doing. However, she persevered right to the end. Finally, Mama Peters announced that they would have to turn the movie off and head to bed. Penelope was slightly disappointed, but she was happy that all of the Wells girls were pleased with their hairstyles. Before Pearson and Penelope went upstairs, they thanked Mrs. Wells for the ice cream sundaes. Oh, Penelope and Pearson, you're so welcome, and we're so happy to have you all here. Thankfully, we have two more nights together, Mrs. Wells replied. Well, we're so happy we get to spend time with you, too. Pearson's tone was one of excitement. At the top of the stairs, they all said goodnight to each other. Finn and Pearson went one direction, and the girls went in another. Once the girls had all donned their PJs, each of them spread their sleeping bags on the floor and got inside. It turned out, though, that the Wells girls all wanted to sleep next to Penelope. Of course, that wasn't possible for all four girls to be able to sleep next to Penelope, but she was very accommodating and came up with a solution. Well, how about this? I sleep next to Janie and Sarah first, and then I'll wake myself up and move over to sleep by Pearl and Chloe. Would that work? All of the girls nodded their approval, and though the Wells girls were very good friends with one another, they were so excited to have Penelope with them that they wanted to have special time with her. Penelope, though she didn't want to disappoint anyone, began to feel a bit tugged in every direction. She set her watch alarm to wake up at midnight so that she could switch spots. It seemed as though Penelope had just closed her eyes when midnight came around. The little Miss Molly watch that she wore on her arm lightly beeped its alarm. Penelope groggily opened her eyes, wondering at first where she was. She looked around to get assimilated and realized it was time to switch spots. She quietly picked up her sleeping bag off the floor and walked over between Pearl and Chloe. Only as she did so, Janie stirred from her sleep and looked at Penelope. Ellie, can you come back in a few hours? Penelope looked down. Okay, I'll set my alarm for three o'clock. I'll be back. Now go back to sleep. Penelope smiled sweetly. Three hours later, the little Miss Molly alarm dinged again. Penelope had a terribly hard time opening her eyes, but duty-bound, she picked up her sleeping bag again from the floor and made her way over to the other girls. She was only too relieved that nobody awakened, lying down to sleep. She didn't awaken until everyone else in the room stirred. Unfortunately, it was only about three hours later, and now it was 6 a.m., but the other girls were too excited to sleep. Penelope rubbed her tired eyes and remained still, wanting only to keep her eyes shut for just a few more hours. But she could hear Patience and Priscilla in the playpen in Daddy and Mama Peters' room, 
and her heart thumped. She missed her little sisters. She had been used to waking up next to them practically their whole lives. So she got up and sneaked quietly into their bedroom and without disturbing her sleeping parents. She picked up each of her sisters from their playpen and tiptoed back to the room. Good morning, everyone. Penelope was speaking for Patience and Priscilla. The Wells girls all thought the twins were just adorable. Oh, Penelope, Janny began. They're so cute. They are, Pen. Oh, you are so fortunate to have twin sisters, Chloe observed. So what should we talk about? Sarah asked everyone. How about you tell us something about homeschooling, Nellie? Mom says we might start homeschooling soon, too. As the oldest, Janny was sort of the spokesperson for her sisters. Penelope, beat from the lack of sleep, forced herself to tell the girls all about homeschooling, and she didn't come close to having enough information for them. They kept peppering her with questions, wanting to know more and more. Penelope was finally able to stop when Mama Peter shouted from downstairs, Time for breakfast, everyone! Janny and Sarah scooped at Priscilla and Patience, and Finn and Pearson came bounding out of their room, and all nine of the kids made their way downstairs. Hey, everyone, good morning! Daddy Peters greeted the herd of kids who had descended so rapidly. A variety of cries like, Good morning, Daddy Peters! Hey, Daddy Peters! Hello, Daddy Peters! was heard as the kids returned the greeting. Mama Peters greeted the twins and then Penelope, who had walked into the kitchen. Oh, good morning, Mama Peters! Penelope embraced her mom. She felt a slight homesickness for Daddy and Mama Peters. Good morning, Pen. Pen, you don't look so good. Did you sleep poorly? Mama Peters sounded troubled. Oh, I slept okay, but but I set my alarm a couple of times so that I could sleep by all of the girls equally because they because they all wanted to sleep next to me. And and you know, Mama Peters, I four can't sleep to you know. Penelope's voice was waning. She was too tired to even explain it. Oh, sweet Pen. I don't want you to do that again, Mama Peters admonished. Oh, but, 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 Mama Peters, the girls would be, they'd be so disappointed, and, and I love them, and I, and I don't want to disappoint anyone. I understand what you're saying, Pen, but you need your rest, and I'm going to have to insist on that. Pearson's entrance into the kitchen caused Mama Peters to temporarily forget Penelope's fatigue. Good morning, Mama Peters. Wow. That breakfast looks yummo! Pearson's eyes widened at the array of foods. The menu included thick-cut bacon, scrambled eggs, French toast, blueberries, and orange juice. About halfway through the meal, Mr. Wells got up from the table and walked over to the device that had been playing hymns. He turned down the last notes of Take My Life and Let It Be, and then announced to the gathered group, We're all going to head down to the lake after breakfast. Of course, that announcement generated some excitement, too. The lake was so fun. There was a shack on the beach where kayaks and paddleboards could be rented, and sand play was never an activity that was beneath any of them. Once the two families arrived at the lake and everything had been unloaded, sand time began in earnest. Daddy Peters and Mr. Wells put their heads together and came up with a plan to construct an intricate military fort. They explained and directed the building project which was replete with battlement walls and moats which made for hours of enjoyment. But they weren't limited to just sand building. They could take turns and take breaks to participate in other activities if they wanted to. Penelope went off with Janny and Pearl on a kayak. Penelope was extremely adept at paddling, 
So she paddled while the girls enjoyed the ride. Time and again, she paddled them out to the middle of the lake to touch the buoys and turn around again. After Penelope dropped Janny and Pearl off, she would pick up their two sisters, Sarah and Chloe, who stood at water's edge, awaiting their turn. By the fifth round trip, Penelope had had it. Her arms felt like jelly, and her muscles felt as though she couldn't paddle another yard. She wobbled out of the kayak and onto the shore. She collapsed in a heap on her towel. Nellie, what is wrong? Sweetie, are you okay? Mama Peters was disquieted by Penelope's fatigue. Oh, oh yeah, Mama, Mama Peters, I, 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 I just need to rest. Well, you sound out of breath, Pen. Are you super tired? As Mama Peters and Penelope conversed, up walked the Well sisters again. Hey, Pen, what happened? Do you want to go out on the kayak again? It's so fun when you paddle us. Well, uh, sure, 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 I, sure, yeah. Could I, I, I'll come in just a second, okay? Can you just give me a, a, a minute or two? Mama Peters took a hard look at Penelope and then at the Well sisters as they headed back toward the water. Nellie, are you even having a good time? Mama Peters asked. She looked worried about her daughter. Oh, yeah, I, I, I am. It, it's, it's great, Penelope answered, her voice barely above a whisper. Well, Nellie, you don't seem like you're having a great time. You look extremely tired, and you told me you were up in the night multiple times. And now, as I'm watching you, you're giving rides on the kayak until your arms are going to fall off. That doesn't seem like a great time to me. Oh, oh, Mama Peters, don't, don't worry. I, I'm having a good time. I'm just super tired, but I think, I think because it's just one of me and four of them and they're so much fun and I, and I love them and they're such good friends and I, and I'm trying to do my best to please them. Honey, I appreciate your servant's heart, but let me ask you something. What if you said that maybe you can't paddle them out again? Well, Mama Peters, I couldn't do that. I, I just couldn't. They'd be, they'd be super disappointed. Pen, you know what that sounds like? That sounds like you're fearing man. Oh, Mama Peters, I don't feel afraid of them. They're my friends, and, and they aren't men anyway. No, no, that's not what I'm saying, Pen. Fearing man is a biblical expression. It means that you're thinking more of what people think of you than what God thinks of you. Proverbs 29.25 is a good example of what I'm talking about. It says that the fear of man lays a snare, but whoever puts their trust in the Lord is safe. Pen, you only need to please God. If you're too tired and you feel as though you don't have any strength left to do what is being asked of you, you need to answer honestly that you're too tired and that you can't do that right now. And because it's unwise to awaken yourself in the middle of the night so that you're not sleeping well, you just need to say that you can't spread yourself so thin. You must be wise, honey. Fear God, not man. Oh, but, but Mama Peters, I just feel so bad. For, I, I'm trying to, I want everyone to be happy with me, and I'm trying so hard. Sweetie, if someone is unhappy with you for no reason that is biblical, then it doesn't matter one bit. Besides, someone that is a true friend would understand and not condemn you for saying no to something. It's easier said than done, I know. But pray for strength to answer honestly. I love Psalm 118.8. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. 
And remember what the Lord told Joshua when he was taking over the leadership of Israel after Moses had died. Have not I commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Oh, Mama Peters, I know. It's just that I feel so bad. Well, you must not care how it makes you feel. We need only to care about what is right. You get a chance to practice that now, Pen, because here they come. All four Wells girls sauntered over. Can you come kayak, Nellie? Pearl asked. Penelope gave Mama Peters a nervous glance and then looked at the girls. She took a deep breath. Would you guys mind if if I take a break? I, I'm super duper tired and... And my arms feel like they're about to fall off. I know they aren't, but that's what they're feeling like right now. Oh, Nellie, we don't mind. Janie sounded genuinely sorry for her friend. Penelope, why don't you take a ride and we'll be the ones that are paddling. We're not nearly as good at paddling as you are, but it'll still be fun. The girls' response was so sweet that Penelope felt utterly silly having thought it would be a problem. Penelope caught Mama Peters' gaze. Mama Peters winked and smiled affectionately at her oldest daughter. The rest of the weekend went just swimmingly, as Pearson and Finn kept saying. They thought their pun was so funny. Penelope was learning to please God, and the rest of the weekend, she spent not snaring herself by her desire to please people. When the weekend came to an end, and all parted and went their own way, Penelope had relearned how sweet and considerate the wells were, and she learned that they were true friends because she could be truthful with them about her limitations. It would take some time because Penelope had gotten in the habit of trying to please everyone. But people-pleasing would slowly become a thing of the past as she sought to please God more than man. This is Grandmom's Corner. It's stunning how our fear of people can drive us to sin. There is nothing wrong with being kind and wanting to make others happy, like Penelope did with her friends. But when our fear leads us to sin, that's where it crosses the line. Ultimately, we aren't trusting God that He can straighten things out. Instead of Penelope being truthful and telling the girls that only two of the sisters could sleep by her, her fear of hurting their feelings or of them disliking her caused her to make a foolish decision and get up all through the night disrupting her sleep. She didn't trust God that her friends would be understanding, so she exhausted herself by paddling them on the lake over and over again. Have you ever been so nervous and fearful that someone might be unhappy with you that it caused you to lie? Instead of being honest, you were scared and you told a lie. That is what one of my sons did with his college roommate many years ago, and he is going to share that with you now. One day, I was driving my roommate's car, and I had just gotten off the phone, and I was really angry when I got off the phone. I was so angry that I threw my phone down on the seat, but my phone bounced off the seat and into the windshield of my roommate's car and cracked the windshield. I was really nervous because it wasn't my car and I didn't know what I was going to tell him. So I thought I would just tell him that a rock hit the windshield and that's how it cracked. When my roommate noticed his car, he asked me what happened and I lied. I told him that it must have been a rock. My roommate got his car repaired, and when he took it in, the mechanic told him that the rock couldn't have hit from the outside because that's not where the crack was. 
I was really nervous, but I knew I had to tell him the truth. And I told him that I had thrown my phone and it cracked the windshield and that I was sorry. I paid him some money to get it repaired. The verse that came to mind was John 8:32. It says, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Now I wasn't free of consequences. I still had to pay money, but in my heart, I was now free and had peace because I knew I had lied and was withholding the truth from my roommate. Fear of hurting someone's feelings, like Penelope experienced, or of confessing wrongdoing, like my son, can cause us to displease God. Instead of praying about it and trusting Him, we take matters into our own hands. Or maybe a friend invites you to do something you know is wrong and that your parents don't want you to do, but you don't want them to stop being your friend. And so you go along with them because you're afraid if you don't, they'll stop being your friend. You don't want friends like that. But in those times, try to remember what it says in Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you, so that we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? The Lord willing, we'll be back next week with another story about the Peters family. Bye for now.